they're trying to fill that void. But what I want to talk about this morning and just share for a minute about is that uh, real love, real light, and real life. Three L's, it never intended to go that direction. I never wanted to you know, give you a three-point sermon and uh, talk about that. But I just want to share what God has been speaking to me and uh, encourage you with it. Father, we just come to you this morning, humbly, Lord, seeking your face, Lord. Uh, Lord, I just ask that your word go forth and accomplish what you have it to do, Lord. That it would touch people's lives. That they can shine their light for you in a greater way. That they can reach into their community in a greater way, Lord. That they can reach into the lives of their neighbor in a greater way, Lord. Father, bless your word, bless your people, and bless your kingdom. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Amen, amen. Ephesians 5. I found out lately that this is something you guys have already been speaking about, this scripture, which is kind of cool. Hopefully I'm not being uh, redundant in what I have to say, but, um, you know, sometimes we... um, when God's speaking to the body, it's not just one place, it's to the whole body. And, um, you know, God had laid this on my heart long before I heard you were already kind of going through this uh, discussion on just having our light in our lives and, and really what that means. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 1 says, Therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children. Walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up. For us, a fragrant offering and a sacrifice to God. But sexual morality and all impurity, covetousness, must not even be named among you, as it is proper among saints. Let us there be, let, let there be no filthfulness, nor foolish talk, nor crude joking, which are out of place. But instead, let there be thanksgiving. For you may be sure of this, that everyone who is sexually immoral or impure or who is covetous, that is an idolater, has no inheritance of the kingdom of God. Let no device with your, let no device with your empty words. For because of these things, the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Therefore, do not become partakers with them. For at one time you were in darkness, but now you are a light in the Lord. Walk as children of light, for the fruit of light is found in all that is good, right, and true. And try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. Praise God. So, light. Who's the light of the world? Oh, listen, I, I, I'm come from a church that's uh, Pentecostal. We get a little excited sometimes. So if you guys respond, it's okay. I'm not going to get scared if someone says amen or raise their hand, all right? It's okay to, to get a little uh, involved here. But who's the light of the world? Jesus. We are. It's another answer, right? Let's look at the John 8.12 says this. And Jesus spoke to them, saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. The light of life. So, we as Christians, when we accept Christ in our heart, we carry the light of Jesus Christ into a lost, 
and dying world. It's not our light that shines. We are the light, but because we have ownership of Jesus, right? He's in our lives. He's the one that shines out from our lives. I was thinking about like a, um, a lighthouse. And, you know, they put a, a light bulb in there, but the light bulb is just part of the whole design of a lighthouse. There's reflectors, and there's all kinds of things that take place for that light to shine out and for people to see, for boats to see coming in. Well, that's what it's like. Christ is our light bulb. He's in us. He's a part of us. But we have to do our part to let him shine out from us. Does that make sense? You with me? All right. So, Matthew five fourteen. And 6 through 16 says this, says this, You are the light of the world, a city on a hill that cannot be hid. Nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it, give it gives light to all the, in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. So, When we receive Christ and we let him shine out of us, he gets the glory. God gets the glory. Jesus gets the glory. It's not about us. When we let our light shine and we help people and we do things for them and we minister into their lives, it's for his glory. It's not for ours. We're just doing our part, right? But God gets the glory. Acts 13.47 says this, for so, the, for the, so the Lord commanded us, saying, I have made you a light to the Gentiles, that you may bring salvation to the ends of the earth. His desire is for us to take that light, Jesus Christ, in our lives, and take it out of this building, and out of this church, and out of our homes, and to shine it into people's darkness. To shine it into their darkness so they can see him and that he can be glorified. So, to me, it's uh, like the Great Commission. We can, you can read about it in Matthew 28, 16 through 20, but ultimately it says this uh, to go, into, go ye therefore and make disciples of all nations. So like it said here in Acts, it says, I have made you a light to the Gentiles that you may bring salvation to the end of the earth. He's saying, go forth and win people. Where are we right now? No, I can talk? (laughs) Yeah, that's good. Right now, we are at the ends of the earth from when this scripture was written. Right now, we are the farthest point almost from where these guys were when Jesus spoke to them and said, take it to the ends of the earth. We, as disciples of Jesus Christ, are walking where he sent the disciples to go. He's asked us to walk into people's lives, to shine our light, the light of Jesus Christ that we have ownership of, into their darkness and to show them who he is, to show them what he can do for them. Are you with me? All right. All right. We serve a good God, man. So what does that look like? What does that look like? It looks like this. That we are reaching the lost where they are. We have to reach the lost where they are. He didn't say to the disciples, wait here and I'll bring everybody to you and you'll minister to them and they will know who I am. He said to go out 
We have to take this light and take it to where people are. We can't expect that just sitting in church and being a part of a church is good enough of letting our light shine. We need to take it to the lost. We need to take it to the lost. We need to go to the highways and the byways and compel men to come in. Come into the kingdom. It's reaching the lost. That's what our light is for. It's not just for us. Yes, it's great that we have salvation and we've accepted Him into our lives. But that's not where it's supposed to end. It goes on from there. It goes on from there. It reminds me of an old song that, uh, you know, where we go from here. It reminds me of a song. Uh, I don't know where I heard it, but it says, uh, by Burke Bacharach and Hal Davis says, What the world needs now is love, sweet love. You know that song? Yeah. That's what the world needs. They need to see the love of Jesus Christ shining through us to minister to them. They need love. We need to walk in love. Ephesians 5, verses 1 and 2 says, Therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children and walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us a fragrant offering and a sacrifice. Does anybody know what a beloved children is that he's talking about here? Any idea what that looks like? This is how I envision it. Pastor Jared's got these kids, right? These boys. And their dad is a great man of God, right? And one day, they're going to grow up, and they're going to be walking with their dad, and they're going to be acting just like him. They're going to be so proud. This is my dad, right? They're going to be excited. Like children, imitators, beloved children of God, right? These kids are going to love their father so much, and one day, they're going to walk like him, probably talk like him, right? And they're going to pretend to be who he is. But he's instilling himself into them. Well, that's what God wants for us. He wants us to be imitators of him, He wants us to love Him so much that when we go out into a world of darkness, that we can give Jesus Christ to others just as He gave Jesus to us. Are you with me? So we need to carry the light of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Shine it into people's lives. Share it with them. But we need to do it in love. We need to walk in love. We cannot... We cannot do it for our own glory. We can't do it because we need to beat somebody up with the gospel of Jesus Christ because that's not what it's about. People aren't going to receive that. Matthew 22, 34-40. It's the great commandment. Excuse me. And it says this, But when the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees, they gathered together. And one of them, a lawyer, asked him a question to test him. Teacher, where is the, what, which is the great commandment in the law? And he said to them, You shall love the Lord your God with your heart, with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the great and the first commandment, and the second is like to it. And you shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend all the law and the prophets. So get this. This reminds me of the song, Frank Sinatra. 
is in an old TV series called Married with Children. Anybody remember it? It was kind of sinful. It's probably not appropriate to talk about in church, but we'll mention it for just a minute. It It says, love and marriage go together like a horse and carriage, right? This I tell you, brother, you can't have one without the other. When we love Christ, get this picture for just a minute. When we love God so much, this way, when we love God so much and we've accepted His Son, we will love our neighbor this way. Is this making sense? We have the sign of the cross in these two commandments right here. We've got a love that's so great between us and God that when we have that, we shall, it doesn't say we're going to, we might, it says we shall love our neighbor. You can't have a love for God and a love for Jesus and not have a love for your neighbor. My pastor says this, he says, he says, it doesn't say to love your straight neighbor. Right? It doesn't say to love your Christian neighbor. I want to take a little bit further. It doesn't say to love your Muslim, it, just doesn't, it doesn't say to love your good-looking neighbor. Right? It doesn't say to love your rich neighbor. Right? Take it a little bit further. We need to love our Muslim neighbor. We need to love our gay neighbor, our straight neighbor, our poor neighbor, our atheist neighbor, our ugly neighbor down the street with the crooked eye and the barking dogs, right? We need to love them. They need Jesus in their darkness just as much as we have them in our lives and just as much as one day we needed him and recognized that. Are you with me? All right. He's good, isn't he? He is good. Praise God. We can really get into some more of that. Um, Ephesians chapter 5, verse, uh, let's see. So, verse 7. Therefore, do not become part- partners with them. For at one time you were in darkness, but now you are the light of the world. Walk as children of the light. For the fruit of the light is found in all that is good and right and true. All that is good and right and true. When we walk in Christ and we walk in the light of life, the things that we're doing, no matter what's going on around us, that darkness can't overtake us. He gets glory for the right and the good and the things that are true that are taking place. We're just His hands extended. We're just an extension of who He is. He brings life. He brings life. John 8, 12, we already read this again, but it says, And Jesus spoke to them, saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. So when I read this, I think about people who are walking in darkness. And uh, really, this, this whole message just kind of birthed out of some things that took place in my life that I had a recognition of what, what was taking place. Um, about a year and a half ago, I lost a good friend of mine. He died, heart attack, 44 years old, in his sleep. And, um, you know, when I look at his life, I would not say that it was a fruitful life or a Christian life, per se. He loved the Lord with his whole heart, and he served him to the best that he knew how. Um, but it was just a tragic tragedy, really, what, what took place. And... Um, 
when he passed, I began to just uh, minister, I guess, through love to his wife. He had been married about a month. We celebrated the wedding you know, as a reception on a Saturday night. He died on Tuesday in morning into Wednesday. So they'd been married, technically they'd been married about a little over a month, but the celebration, the wedding, the dinner and everything took place just a few days before. So, now, I didn't know his wife very well. We were friends through him. But that was it. I didn't go to her and try to tell her, you know, I just let the light of love and the light of Jesus shine out of my life. And I just ministered through who I was. I didn't become something else. I didn't try to become, uh, you know, I didn't try to fill a void. I just tried to show them the love of Christ through the tragedy that took place. And uh, just did whatever I could. I sang at his funeral. Um, just was there for her. She asked me to, you know, his wife, when I was here, we had known each other, but not well. She asked me to come with her to the, to the church where they were planning the funeral, be a part of that. And she really kind of welcomed me in, into their family. And then so her, her mom and, all, you know, all these other people just kind of just welcomed me, welcomed me, welcomed me. And, you know, we did a lot of things at that time. But it wasn't about me just fellowshipping them, but it was. You know, I just wanted to be who I was and just love on them and just show them God's love through compassion and just caring, right? And so that's where this is kind of coming from. I didn't come to them and condemn them because they were in a life of sin. I didn't go to them and say, you know what, this is how easily life is taken from us. Uh, you need to get your lives and your hearts right with Jesus so you can make heaven your home so this doesn't happen to you. No, I didn't do that. I didn't go and condemn them. I brought them life. I brought them love. And that's where this is kind of birthed out of. But what I want to say this, what I'm saying about this is this, that condemnation, condemning people, the, the word condemnation means this, that the action of condemning someone to punishment or sentencing. We cannot walk into somebody's life with the light of Jesus Christ and condemn them. We cannot be their judge, jury, and convict them of sin and sentence them to a life of hell. Are you with me? That's not our job. We're not their judge. Right? And so, we want to offer hope. Condemnation is not of God. John 3.16. I want to turn there. I have a little bit different version of the Bible than you guys. I put it in my notes, but... You guys use the uh, New King James Version, I think? Just so you're aware, I don't know what they put up there, but I'm reading from the ESV, the English Standard Version. Um, it's, a, it's another version of the Bible. It just changes a little bit of the wording, but it's, it's a really good version. If you have a chance, you could pick one up yourself and read it. But John 3.16. You guys know it? We're going to read 3.16 and 17. It says this, For God so loved the world that He gave His only Son, that whosoever believes in Him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through Him. Condemnation is not of God. What we need to do is we need to bring Jesus Christ to the world and let the Holy Spirit convict their lives. 
See, conviction already says you're guilty. But when you recognize the conviction of God in your life, you recognize that you have a need for somebody else. The Holy Spirit, when it comes and it convicts a life, it brings change. It brings change with it. When somebody recognizes their need, they have a hope that there's an opportunity that their life can change. Are you with me? Do you agree with me? That we we don't need to go into the world to condemn it. We need to just bring the love of Jesus Christ. We need to walk in His light. And when we do this, we're going to bring life to people. We're going to bring life to those around us. Praise God. So when people are going through storms, struggles, battles, sickness, loss of a loved one, loss of a job, they need love. They need someone to step up and be real. Right? Does that make sense? I brought a couple things today. I just want to show you an example. Maybe it's not good. Maybe it is. I have this candle that we turn on at my home. It's really great. And I'll tell you why. Because my wife has really, really, really bad asthma. So, candles. For her, give off a scent that she can't, she can, uh, I guess, breathe without getting sick. That's a battery-operated candle. Right? This. Is a real candle. What people need is somebody who's real. Somebody who's been through battles. Somebody who's been through struggles. Somebody who's got a crack, had a chip in their life. Are you with me? Sometimes it's a little dirty, right? We've been through the battle, we've been through the struggle. People need to know. That God is real and that He can help us. It doesn't work when we pretend to be something we're not. To pretend to be holy all the time. To pretend to be righteous. They need to know that somebody else has been through some things. And yet, God is still good. God can still get the glory. See what I'm saying? Praise God. So we can't condemn. We need to bring the love of Jesus Christ and let the Holy Spirit convict. Let the Holy Spirit convict them. The the Bible says this. This is what people need to know. When they're going through struggles, they're going through these battles, they're going through these circumstances, whatever it is, they need someone to bring the light of Jesus Christ, to love on them. 1 Peter 5.7 says this. This is what people need to know when in that time. Cast all your cares, your burdens, your affirmities, your anxieties, your sicknesses, your troubles upon Him because He cares for you. That's what people need to know. You know, there's there's a saying that a lot of times people use and it says that God will never give you more than you can handle. Well, you, you can't find that in Scripture. It's an old Christian saying. People say it, but you won't find it in Scripture. It's not there. 
People misquote a, a, a verse from Corinthians where God will not allow you to be tempted in more than you can handle. But that's as Christians, it's a, different, it's a different situation. It's not the same. God, never in the Bible, says He's not going to give you more than you can handle. But what He says is, when, a, when you're going through these things and you think it's more than you can bear, to cast your cares upon Me because I care for you. He cares and when we carry the light of Jesus Christ to people, that's what they're going to see, and that's what they need to see through us. People need to see a real light, one that's faced struggles, one that's had all hell come against it, but yet still stands. When they've done all they can do, they still stand. When the storms of life are still raging around them, they still stand and say, yes, I'm going through this storm. But my Savior is carrying me. He's helping me. He's the one that's going to get the glory. Praise God. Conviction through the Holy Spirit. Praise God. He will show people their need for Him. It's about Him. It can't be about us. If I take this flashlight and I shine it into your eye. Are you going to appreciate it? It's going to hurt, right? As Christians, we cannot shine the light of Jesus Christ into somebody's eye. It would be like this, blinded by the light, right? (laughs) We don't want to do that. We need to shine the light into their darkness so they see their need for Him. But we cannot shine it in their eye so bright that we're holy and righteous and all these other things. We need to just light up their darkness and through our love, our real love, our real walk with Christ, that they can see Him. And ultimately, in the end, we'll be able to stand with them and say, this person has found Jesus as their Savior. You know? That we can just be a testimony. We don't need to be something we're not as Christians. You know? We need to be real. That's what people want. They don't want somebody who's relevant. They want somebody real. Yeah, it's cool to have uh, to dress nice and to look good. Even Brad Pitt copied my haircut in this new movie. Right? He's a cool guy. He's not a bad dude. But it's okay to be relevant with people as well. But people, that's not what people need. They need somebody real. And I just came to encourage you to be real with people this morning. Be real with people in your life. Show them that you've been through the hard times. Show them that you, even having been through the struggles, can still stand. Are you with me? There's an old song that we used to sing as kids. It says, This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. Let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. Hide it under a bushel, no. I'm going to let it shine. Hide it under a bushel, no. I'm going to let it shine. Hide it under a bushel, no. I'm going to let it shine, let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. Let your light shine this morning. Let your light shine. Let Jesus, that you have ownership of, He's in your heart. 
Let Him shine through you. Let Him shine into people's darkness. Praise God. For just a moment, if I could just ask you all, just close your eyes, maybe bow your head. Just think on the Lord for a minute. Think on some good things. I have a couple more scriptures I want to read as I'm talking. But I really want you to think about your life and where you're at with your walk. We're all at different places. We can't condemn our neighbor who's sitting next to us for where they're at on their journey. They may be in a different place. We need to recognize that among our brothers and our sisters as well. That they may not be. They may still be going through some things. They, may, they still may be dealing with some sin aspects of their life. We can't condemn them. We need to stand alongside them and stand with them and to show them a more excellent way through the love of Jesus Christ. We need to walk in His love. 2 Corinthians 4, 1-4 says this, Therefore, having this ministry by the mercy of God, we do not lose heart, but we have renounced disgraceful, underhanded ways. We refuse to practice cunning or tamper with God's word, but the open statements of the truth, we would condemn ourselves to, to everyone's conscience in the sight of God. Can you start some music? And even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing. In their case, the God of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelievers to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. Verse 6 says, For God, who said this, Let light shine out of darkness, has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. He's called us out of darkness into a marvelous light. Don't let your gospel be veiled. The gospel is the good news of Jesus Christ. Don't let it be veiled. I want you to consider right now where you're at in your journey, in your walk. Is your gospel hid to those that are lost? Are you letting your light shine in a real way? Are you showing people a real love, a real light, a real life? 1 Peter 2.9 says this, But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people of His own possessions, that you may proclaim the excellence of who God calls you out of darkness and into the marvelous light. The world around us right now is searching for someone real. They are searching for something real. They're searching for something authentic. Are you carrying that light into their life? Acts 13.47 says this, For so the Lord has con- commanded us, saying, I have made you a light to the Gentiles, that you may bring salvation to the ends of the earth. I want to share one more scripture with you. It's Matthew 11.30, and I quoted it earlier. But I want to share a different version of it. I want to read it from the message translation of the Bible. And it says this. 
Are you tired? Worn out? Burned out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me and you will recover your life. And I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me. And work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the on-forth rhythms of grace. On-forth rhythms of grace. I will not lay anything heavy or ill-fitted upon you. Keep company with me. And you'll learn to live freely and lightly. We serve a good God. I just want to give you the opportunity this morning. If you don't know Jesus, if you've never accepted Him into your life, while your heads are bowed still, please. If there's someone here who wants to accept Christ as their Savior, this may be a little different. I'm not Pastor Jared. I don't pretend to be. He may operate in a little bit different. But if you need someone to pray with you, or would like us to pray for salvation with you. If you could just pick up your head a little bit, look at me. Okay. Can you start the song again, please? Can we all just pray together for salvation? Father, we come to you knowing that we cannot make it without you. That you are the light of life. You paid a price on Calvary. You died for our sins. Lord, you died for my sins. Just make this your prayer if that's you this morning. Lord, I come to you humbly and asking for your forgiveness of my sins. Recognizing that it was your work on the cross that paid the price for my forgiveness. You paid the price for the healing of my heart and for the peace of my mind, Lord. Lord, right now I seek you for a change in my life and a change in my heart, Lord. That I can know you in a greater way. That I can carry your light with me to the lost and dying around me, Lord. Forgive me of my sins. And I know that I am justified and sanctified because of your work. Thank you, Father, for your forgiveness, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Just one more thing. When we leave today, leave here real. Be who you are. Bring the light of life to the world around you. Praise God. Thank you. Keith, is somebody going to close? Sounds good. Somebody.
Hello. So, uh, you guys want to stand up and we'll pray? If anybody has any needs or you want prayer, Nate will be up here to pray with you today. Or we can get some other people if you want. If you don't like the way we look, it's fine. But uh, that was a good message. We all got that light in us, right? So let's shine it on whoever we can. Hopefully we'll shine it on the people that we love the most first. And then, you know, it'll go out from there. So that'd be cool. So let's pray. So Jesus, thank you for being a, a light in us, Lord, and a light to others. And I pray, Lord, that you would just uh, would intensify the ministry of the Holy Spirit in us this week, Lord, that we would be able to see who we really are in you, Lord, that we would believe that we do have that light and that we have that power inside of us and that we can be a light to other people. I pray that you would uh, draw people, Lord, into your kingdom because of that and that you would be glorified through it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Go downstairs and have some snacks and stuff, but don't leave without getting prayer if you need it. Yes, oh Lord, yes. Jesus, you're all we need. If you take away everything, Lord, I still have you. When my friends walked away, Lord, I ran to you. Your mercy endureth forever and a day. See, Lord, you're real and I can feel that you're going to make a way. Because now I know what real love is. Ever since I saw your face, heard your voice. Lord, you're all I'm living for. Ever since I saw your face, heard your voice. Lord, you're all I need. All I need. Lord, you're all I need. Jesus, you're all I need. If you take away everything, Lord, I still have you. When my friends walked away, Lord, I ran to you. Your mercy endureth. Oh, forever and a day, yeah. Cause Lord, you're real and I can feel that you're gonna make a way. Cause now I know what real love is. Ever since I saw your face, heard your voice, Lord, you're all I'm living for. Ever since I saw your face, oh yeah, yeah. Jesus, you're all I need. Lord, you're all I need. Oh, yes. Somebody help me sing. Jesus, you're all I need. Oh, in the midnight hour, somebody help me sing. Jesus, you're all I need. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When I was alone, Jesus. When everybody was gone, Jesus. Oh, I wanna sing to you, Lord. Hallelujah, Lord. Thank you, Jesus.
shine, shine, shine. 